If you missed it live, catch the podcast on kaya959.co.za. I'm really excited to speak to you this evening, especially on such a refreshing concept that many of us might not be familiar with, right? Uh, but I guess mm. globalization, uh, how it links with family affairs and how it actually makes things uh, different uh, in terms of interactions and, and financial planning. Help us unpack this further. Yeah, so um, the report we've done is in conjunction with Julius Burr, and we've generally just tried to do a survey on issues that are important to family businesses, mostly because of the turbulent times that we're in. Um, And I think the results speak for themselves in the sense of some of the comments you've made around issues starting to be a lot more borderless um, with globalization, but also in a funny way, polarization in some of the jurisdictions that family businesses might expand into. We're also seeing a lot more interest in taxes as well, um, because as times become more turbulent, you know, the constant narrative we see is there's a need to stay above waters by looking more at issues that are complex. And so tax and regulatory issues across borders become something of concern for family businesses who are looking to expand. Mm. Um, The other thing that resonates for a lot of families is around next generation starting to take a keen interest in managing family affairs. Mm -hmm. Um, And that speaks to the governance structures within those families. Important that that's also looked at because one of the things you also want to take care of is succession in the family businesses, which is sometimes where things go wrong and sometimes why family businesses fail. Um, The other topics that also stand out are around political stability, but also philanthropy. Um, We're seeing a lot of gap between the rich and the poor. And in order to address that, you know, there's a lot of focus now on philanthropy. But I think the more interesting part of that is seeing how that's evolving more into impact investment, where rather than just giving gifts to um, less privileged people, it's really about making an impact. And this now is becoming a platform for integrating next generation into family businesses. Um, So these were some of the key topics that came through as the most discussed by family businesses and more complex areas that family businesses need to look at in turbulent times. hundred percent. And I'm glad that you mentioned this because it really does speak to a sense of sustainability and succession planning. And I guess first things first uh, would obviously speak to, you know, taxes and regulation, depending on where the business is domiciled, where the family itself looks to um, keep its home base, uh, might actually play an influence on, on the tax affairs of the organization and family business, but also of the family members who might be linked and attached to it uh, and generating their own income. Uh, talk to us about this theme. Yeah, absolutely. And with taxes and regulations, this this was the second most discussed topic amongst families and their advisors. Uh, and for very good reasons, like you say, as you're expanding to other jurisdictions, the tax laws are probably very different and sometimes also change with regard to, you know, how public finances now need to be um, addressed. Um, and what we've seen is 
a lot of companies um, in moving into this jurisdiction sometimes focus on the company's compliance level, mm -hmm. but might not necessarily be looking at the individual's footprint. So who are the individuals behind those businesses, whether on the board level or as shareholders, and how could they potentially, you know, cause a big shift in the way we um, address taxes, but also our reputation as a group. So a good example is with the UK now, that has come up with laws around individuals that have a link to either UK companies, even if they're not resident in those jurisdictions, just for the mere fact that they are directors, they may have also compliance um, obligations in the UK. So imagine a group that has its home base in South Africa, but perhaps has a branch or subsidiary in the UK and has a director, a non-executive director, as an example, in Nigeria, those individuals may have a reporting requirements in the UK just by virtue of being linked to the UK. The other thing we're also seeing is, again, in changing laws, where you have children, for instance, or individuals who are shareholders, US citizens, you easily expose those groups to worldwide taxation because the U.S. works based on a worldwide principle in terms of taxation. Mm -hmm. And so very careful to be, you know, mindful of such footprints that are created as you seek to expand and grow the business. Mm -hmm. Taxes definitely will be one big area to look at. Uh, this is so important, as you mentioned, and uh, I, I'm aware that you've actively participated in so many conversations across the continent, but also across the globe uh, regarding the, the, the be, be structures of family businesses and how they need to become borderless, but, uh, you know, agile and nimble to adapt to changes. And this also brings about the concept of culture in different markets and how that speaks to governance. Uh, and I guess there's always been this conversation that, you know, well, when you're in a different market, you know, do as they do. And if the culture is to mm -hmm. perhaps not prescribe by the rules, then you shouldn't prescribe by the rules. But that always comes with reputational uh, ramifications for uh, the family-owned business. Talk us through governance and how we should structure the ideas around family governance without being swayed and influenced by the markets that we might be in. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, and I think with governance, it really brings some structure around decision making, but also independence from the board and the shareholders. Um, but it's also a very useful platform for ensuring continuity in the business, without which you might have businesses that just fail or disappear with their founders. One of the key issues you would have with um, family businesses is you have a very prominent founder that's riding or holding the business yes. forward and not necessarily thinking about the future in the sense of getting next generation on board. Governance therefore helps you um, think through what fu the future might look like, but also avert against um, key man risk. Yes. Now, in terms of how that changes across different jurisdictions, but also weaving in cultural differences in there. Um, the ideal framework may be that you have perhaps a holding company and a central platform for governance, and then branch off into the different operating entities that report into that holding company. 
um, the governance structure in each of those operating companies ideally should also be autonomous, but also then report to the holding. And for each of those jurisdictions, very good to start to get in people who understand those jurisdictions and can easily navigate the barriers that are presented by regulatory issues. Um, maybe a good example might also be with, you know, companies that come into Nigeria mm. or companies that go into South Africa. Imagine a board that hasn't also considered the nuances with working in those kind of jurisdictions yeah. where cultural issues sometimes tend to ride above what you would consider as formal um, um, business. And so it's important that, you know, one is thinking about such as well and building study structures that can um, weather the storms in instances where you have to relate with regulators. Definitely. I'm so glad that you bring this up because it does bring about a very important dynamic uh, across the continent and across the globe. But as you've mentioned, typically when a family business starts uh, a series, it has a founder who is formidable, well-respected, the James Wangis of the world, the Tony Alumelus, uh, the uh, Patrice Motsepes. But typically there are reports that by the time uh, wealth transfers to the third generation, um, there's a significant reduction in that wealth. And sometimes that also speaks to a reduction of the focus on maintaining that wealth but also sharing that wealth adequately talk to us about the theme Mm. of philanthropy and i guess wealth sustainability by adopting the practice of philanthropy uh, for generations to come even in different markets or jurisdictions yes um and you you raise a very important point around how you know going into for instance the second or the third generation you may not have you know, a strong leader, you know, like the founder that started the business. But then important to also start to think about how to connect those generations and ensure that, you know, the values and the purpose for which that business was set up in the first place is repeated in subsequent generations. And this is where um, having other platforms for connecting generations comes in and a good one is philanthropy. One of the issues you might find is succession being seen as an event as opposed to a process and one that includes more than one protagonist. In this case, you'd have a successor and the predecessor. Um, Sometimes you have instances where there is a divergence of views and the next generation doesn't feel like they should be part of the business And for many reasons, such as not understanding the purpose for which the business was set up in the first place, the values under which that underpin the business, and also the legacy that the founder wants to keep thriving. And it's really most times because of a lack of communication, where you're unable to then align values of the individuals, the two protagonists in this case, um, together. So again, protagonist will be the predecessor and the successor. And even though they may have different ideals in terms of entrepreneurial pursuits, so I founded a bank today and maybe the next generation is more interested in music, mm-hmm. the connecting bridge would be the values and the purpose for why the business exists. And to the extent you're able to find that glue, then you can branch off into any other business pursuit still have the governance structures that hold the business 
and use other platforms such as philanthropy to still, you know, connect um, both generations and also connect the values that they both believe in. So assuming values where, say, we're set up to take care of communities around us and ensure that the business by itself gives back to that community, you don't necessarily have to be Yep, you see, the very important themes there mentioned by Siri. Unfortunately, um, uh, losing her on the line there due to some difficulties, but that was uh, Siri Agbei. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.